Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Empire. You thought you knew, but you have no idea. It's the urban sports scene. are listening to the urban sports scene with will t ray jeezy and myself wole and we are part of amplifier media and amplifiermedia.com what's good fellas i mean i was gonna let ray go first i was gonna let ray i go was first like what's happening I thought, I thought i lost will t, <laughs> will t always speaks up first and then today he wants to get quiet but i'll speak for the fellas <laughs> It's a great day. The sun came out later. It feels amazing. I'm ready for the summertime. Fellas, Urban Sports Team, Draft Talk, HTCC. I don't know if I like that hashtag right now. I I, I was feeling take command better than this. Did you really? No, I'm, I was not feeling that. I'm sorry. I won't even lie to you. That thing was trash. But what's going on? But with I'm, doing, I'm doing fine. I'm, I'm doing fine, man. It's a nice day outside. Um, Still a man. Still a man. man. Why you taking some of your answers? What's, what's happening? Stole, I, just man. I just said it's a nice day outside. Um, I'm, it's Tuesday, Tuesday evening, so I get to talk sports with my fellas. Everything is good with me, man. You know, and it's no spe- exactly. It's a special time. You know, we usually start at eight o'clock, um, but today uh, stuff happens. Stuff is happening in life, so we you know, have to start a little early. But it's cool though. It's different, right, fellas? It's a little different. Yeah, it's a little different. Um, I can't say it's bad, or I can't say that it's better. You know. <laughs> It's 4 p.m. on the West Coast. That's all I know. Go ahead. See what time is it in the mountains? <laughs> it's 3, 3 p.m. 3 p.m. in the mountain time. <laughs> hey, like uh, Amp- we're like, like like I mentioned, we're on Amplifier Media. Um, Amplifier Media Media hosts multiple DMV sports podcast shows, such as the John Kime Report, hosted by ESPN Washington Commanders Insider John Kime, and Jones Football, hosted by USA Today Insider Mike Jones. And you can subscribe to our podcast on Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and Google Podcasts. Just search the Urban Sports Scene. Make sure you subscribe to the Urban Sports Scene YouTube channel as well. I got to correct myself. It's actually 5 p.m. Mountain Time. What's happening? <laughs> What's happening? <laughs> All right. The show can be found on Podcast DC, the local app with hundreds of options and local news and health in the DMV region. Download the Podcast DC app to hear all of our Empire shows as well as other great content. And don't forget to tweet us at Urban Sports Scene and hit us up on IG at Urban Sports Scene and like our Urban Sports Scene Facebook page. Also, join our Urban Sports Scene Facebook group. Just search Urban Sports Scene, sports bloggers, sports podcasters, and, of course, sports debates. Will T. Let's get into our tradition, the pregame. Here's what we have on tap. We'll break down the results of the Washington Commanders draft uh, at 725. We'll talk about the NBA playoffs. At, eight, at 7.40, we'll talk boxing. Shakur Stevenson defeated Oscar Valdez. And we'll, and what's next for uh, Tyson Fury after he beat down Dylan White. Finally, in our segment HBCU Corner, 
we have a pre-taped interview with former Miles College running back Kingston Davis. But first, uh, Washington, Washington. I mean, so we talk about the Washington Commanders. Uh, what were your thoughts on Washington's draft? Them taking Jahan Dotson with the eleventh pick. We'll start with Ray. In my opinion, this screams Darius Hayward Bay 2.0. And many call the Washington franchise the Raiders of the East. No disrespect to Darius Hayward Bay. Of course, I love the Terps. Uh Maryland, that's where where I'm from. That's where I reside. And I'm not at all trying to take a shot at him. But what I'm saying is, Jahan Dotson himself said, I thought I was a late Thursday or even early Friday pick. We all know Darius Hayward Bay was also projected as a later round pick. Now, Jahan Dotson is saying this himself, but the commanders took him in the first round and mid first round when they probably could have got him later on. I just didn't understand where they were coming from. I was with Wole and many others on social media and in the fan base that said, take the best player available with the pick that you have because you're not good enough to move back and act as though you can let other good players come off the board and then take a guy that you quote unquote really want. I know Martin Mayhew is not happy with the criticism, but I honestly feel as though this was not a good pick in the in the spot. Jahan Dotson is obviously a speedy receiver. I will say this on the flip side, though. I'm glad that they selected him and didn't pass saying he was too small because they did the same thing years ago with Deshaun Jackson. Uh-huh. Different regime, but still the biggest mistake they made years ago was passing on him saying, we already got Santana Moss. No, take a speedy, fast, smaller receiver because, guys, as we saw with teams such as the St. Louis Rams with Kurt Warner, Teams like this can excel when you got that speed, when you can hit guys across the middle. You got De'Ami Brown, uh-huh. Curtis Samuel. It could be great, Terry, of course. But I just felt like the place in this draft or the, the, the time that they took him, the selection of the, where they, where they uh, picked him, it's not the right place. Will? I mean, Ray, you said you're not trying to take a shot at him when you called him Darius A. Wood Bay, but, I mean, <laughs> subliminally you are. Taking a shot on him because we know how Darius Haywood Bay kind of turned out in the NFL, but that's another subject. Um, <laughs> nah. <laughs> nah, Darius Haywood Bay, he went early, and Jahan Dotson said, I went, Jahan Dotson said no, and that's what he was, I went too early. That's all. Sorry. I like Darius Haywood Bay. No, nah, um, no, no problem. But um, look, <laughs> I think what, one thing you get, uh, you know, no matter what, you know, there's some people who want to say this isn't a good pick. Some people want to say he was drafted too early, but what you do, what you do get with this young man is he has a track record of being productive, yeah. right? Uh-huh. Um, at Penn State, so I think that's one of the things that probably went into the commander's evaluation of him. They they probably thought, okay, let's get a guy who's done it on a major um, D one level against top quality competition, year in year out, and he was a senior, so you know he. Um, you know, he saw the Ohio State's, the Michigan's, um, the Iowa's, the uh, uh, Michigan State's. So he played against, he played in, in those situations against um, top tier Division One talent. So um, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna sit here and say that I'm very familiar. I, I have some familiarity with him uh-huh. um, because I had a, a a relative who attended Penn State. Okay. Also, I have some some familiarity with him. I, I know that this is a young man that produced um, when he stepped on the field relatively early. So hopefully he's able to take that to that work ethic and that production and bring it to the Washington Commanders and he's able to be a, a viable 1A or number two, I mean a 1B 
or number two receiver for this team. I, I, I like but that. Like, but, 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 um, but like Ray and you also stated, mm. I do think that, um, they did, they should have relied on, and, and maybe their draft board did have him not, at number 11. Maybe. Right? But, um, none of us ever know that, but if it, if it wasn't and they reached for him, mm-hmm. um, cause there was some thought that there were some guys who could, who were a better talent, of course, uh, a better talent, um, i.e., uh, Mr. Ham- safety from Hamilton. Kyle, Kyle Hamilton, yeah, from Notre Dame. Yeah. You know, only time to tell. Shout out to George. I know you're listening. Yeah. You hear what we're talking about. Shout out to me, brother. I'm looking for your comments, especially on Kyle Hamilton, yeah. but also on the Darius Hayward Bay. So okay. I, I'll Sorry, say really. I'll say this. I don't think he's uh, Hayward Bay because he can catch he can he can catch way better than Hayward Bay even in Maryland. Um, but because I, I, I actually I mean I watched kid play like he's good like it's not, I don't want to knock him like but like you said no, Ray, no, I wasn't yeah I won't know I'm not saying knocking him I know you're not he's to me he's talented he is talented he's a guy that I thought would be a first rounder it just I just didn't think he'd be a, be at the 14th even when you trade back to the 14th right they traded back to the 14th uh, or 15th whatever. Um, He's still not to me. There are players on that board that you could have took that was better. Like at eleven, if you're gonna go, t- if you're gonna go backwards, at least and we'll talk about it later your later round picks. Let the, let them. If you're so obsessed with getting a third or fourth round pick, let those picks be great. Uh, you know what I mean? But that's a whole different topic. We're talking about Jahan Dotson. I think to me, when you have a receiver out there on the board that you know a lot of people state that you know thought that he was the best wide receiver on the board, it, it, but he was hurt. You know, I mean, Jamison Williams. Uh, he's on the board. I'm taking that. I'm taking that. Because I don't want to hear that, all right, he's not available this season like that. Then in year two, he's like one of the best receivers in football, but you just wanted to get Jahan Dotson just for just to play the season. And what were you going to do this season? You bet, you damn well better do something special this season if you're worried about Jahan, Jahan Dotson for one year. You know what I mean? So that's that was my issue. And, and then we're talking about Kyle Hamilton. That kid is special. That's, there's a reason why the Ravens win. There is a particular reason why the Ravens consistently win. I don't care what Bram said. There is a reason why the Ravens win games, bro. I'm being real. Like, dude, when they Shots get a player, fired. yes, they Shots are fired and they're fired. Yeah, they're going. But like when you when you have an opportunity to get one of the the premier players in all of college football, like they this dude in, in, in all of this draft, you have people on their board that had this dude the best player in the draft. Period. The only thing I heard him was a forty time. Ed Reed ran like a four, a four, five, seven in the, in the combine, and Ed Reed's one of the best safeties to ever to ever play this game. And this, and they talking about Kyle Hamilton. Not saying he's Ed Reed, but Kyle Hamilton has instincts. All he did was ball in, in, in Notre Dame. That's all he did. All he did was ball in Notre Dame, and he played against the top tier talent. He played against USC. He's played against Michigan. He's played against Notre Dame's played against multiple good teams. They've been in they've been in Power Five. They've been in the big BCS bowls. This dude stands out. And you decided not to get him because a forty time is bad. You can't tell me Jahan Dotson is that is is more special than Cal Hamilton. I'm sorry, you can't. There's a reason why the no, Ravens took him. The Ravens don't even really need a freaking safety, and they took him. That's how good dude is. The Ravens don't even need well, a freaking safety. Well, like, I think we don't know if his forty time was the thing that kept him. Well, I did. Well, I'm gonna say this. Yeah, but, I mean, let's put it this way: like you ball out. You done everything right on film. Your forty time was wasn't the best in the world, and you slipped down to fourteen. You slipped down to the Ravens. Everybody had him projected as the as a top five pick. As soon as he ran, I mean, but, that, but that's what it is. Is is just projection, man. Right? Will it's I'm not, telling you, none man, of us, will, none will. of us know these things for will, sure because will. 
Because, hold on, listen. Uh, Allow me to make my point. Hey, good, bro. Because this, the NFL draft is so much mystique around it. Like teams try to keep their boards um, a secret. It's lying season when it comes to to these prospects and the NFL draft and these teams. So none of us know exactly why, unless you inject a GM or a scout or someone in the front office with truth serum, you probably won't know why um, he wasn't selected by Washington. Thanks, George. Appreciate you, George. Like, it was the 16th pick. Thank you, George. I appreciate you. Also, George, he's, he's vibing with me. You know what I'm saying? He's talking about – preach about Kyle Hamilton. He said, for, for me, Hamilton is the replacement for Sean Taylor we've been looking for since Taylor's tragic death. You might be listening to the last show <laughs> as part of Empire <laughs> Media. I can relate to Shaq at the founder. <laughs> but you can catch the Urban Sports scene on EmpireMedia.com. Again, you're listening to the Urban Sports scene on EmpireMedia.com. So real quick, fellas, I know we have another question, but I want to mm-hmm. read a comment from George as well. I appreciate you as always, my dude. Uh, this was after he said this all correction, of course. Wole made that mistake. Wasn't me. <laughs> he said, I was livid and missing out on Olave and Hamilton. But what they Olave. did with the picks. Olave, my bad. But what they did with the picks they picked up was real good business. Robinson slash Howell. All right. So can we talk about the, the court? Everybody's hyped about how? Can, can we can we break this down? I just other than Tom Brady, it, no, I'm serious because this is a this is a weak quarterback draft. Pick. That's a good that's yeah. a good way to get him. Though. Yeah, it's a fifth round, I know, right? It's a good spot to get him because he was supposed to be a higher pick in a weak quarterback draft. But this the league the league wasn't impressed with these quarterbacks. So, like I'm saying, like if if Washington, my thing about Washington fans, I've heard like we found we got our future quarterback. I'm like, bruh, the only dude that you could, other than like Tom Brady, you don't typically say you're going to find your future quarterback in the fifth round. I'm sorry. It's like it's rare. So it's so if Washington sucks this season, you think they're gonna wait for Howell to be their their future quarterback? I'm like, nah. If they suck this season. They're gonna go and draft a quarterback in the first round. So I don't know how much Howell has to ball out in the in the preseason for him to be even thought of as a guy that they can kind of tailor to be that guy for the future. I mean, he doesn't even have to ball out in the preseason. He just has to look good in practice right in the, in the i mean thing. like even right. that yeah but even if that though right let's be real like how the nfl works right so say because next year's quarterback crop is, is supposed to be much better than this crop so if washington fought if they don't have a good year right if it goes left you don't think they're getting a quarterback i didn't say that I'm just saying. So I'm saying, when, you, when you're the fifth round pick, I'm saying when you're the well, fifth round. I pick, mean, well, well, okay, okay, okay. I I think there are a couple of contingencies yeah. contingent upon where they select, who comes out, true, right? Um, if there's a new coach, so that or you know yeah. what the front office situation will be. So there's a couple of things, All but right. if Washington is, I don't know, four and thirteen, and has a top three pick, and uh, Bryce Young comes out. Um, or what's the kid, or Caleb Williams, who um, yeah, a local DC product. But he's like if either he's, one of those guys come up. He's a true, true freshman. Possibly. He's a true freshman, though, right? He's a true freshman. Oh no, yeah, yeah, he that's right. He's a so- he'll be a sophomore. Too. Yeah, he'll be a sophomore. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if Bryce Young, if Bryce Young, you know, decides to put his name in the draft, makes himself eligible. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Possibly. All right. So I'm gonna read my man George. I like to give my man George his flowers. He said, "I think there's a decent chance Howell is starting in 2023, but." Taking him in the fifth round should not 
deter Washington from taking a quarterback in the first round next year if the right guy is there. I agree with that, I agree too. With I agree with him. Definitely agree with it. All right, so what are your overall thoughts on the, on their draft, though, on Washington's draft? I'll start with you, Will. I think I have a great – I already think I have a good idea what Ray's thinking. <laughs> no, nah, no, nah, no, you don't. Okay. Okay, my bad, um, No, I, I, I think uh, it was decent. You know, um, I look at Brian Robertson Jr. They drafted him. Um, I look at the guy who's their current starting running back, Antonio Gibson. I don't see a, a world of difference between those two guys. They're both two big physical running backs who, you know, don't have a lot of wiggle that I saw, per se. Um, interesting pick in the second round, though, uh, Mathis, uh, the D tackle from Alabama. Um, it, what's so funny? Because even dude thought he was going to be a third or fourth round pick. That's what I'm saying. He thought he was going to be a third or round pick, third or fourth round pick. He know now he literally said that though, right? He this dude literally he said, said he's going to be a third or fourth round he pick, and then they draft him in the second round. Like that's well, I, man, no, that's I, well, hilarious. That is so. I mean, it, it's a but but look, um, you know, look what the Patriots do. They routinely draft guys who people think are going to be. Third or fourth round picks. Now, not now, not to say that um, this front office is comparable to New England or even has had <laughs> New England's results. But you know, sometimes it happens and sometimes it works out. I feel you, but this you know what you know. If you're right, if they had a Belichick resume, I would I I'll be with you, dude. But they got Jamin Davis in the first round in nineteen. They lose cool points already, bro. It's something something about track record. You, all you can do if somebody's is throwing out. It's throwing out like stars out there, like drafting stars and doing good work. Then you know, I, I would you will T. Like you go off the track record, you'd be like, I ain't doubting him. He's shown me, he's shown me. It's on the resume. But if you were out here draft in your first draft and you did what you did last year, and they, and you're still doing reaches, like reaches, and not to say these dudes aren't talented. I'm not even saying that. Because I think Jamin Davis is talented. And I think I think Jahan Dotson is talented. Uh old boy from um Mathis from Alabama had nine sacks, so he's got talent. But you could get him. You can still get these individuals later on. Like you could still stack your team with more talent, if, and still get this dude if you wanted him that bad. Get him in the third round. He would have been there. He wasn't that. He wasn't that Alabama guy. He was solid. But he wasn't that Alabama guy. Mm. True. But what does that mean for the guy who the current Alabama guy that's on there? He ain't better than I mean, I mean, he's he's a potential replacement. But like, hey, the, what's the what was the couple years ago when um they traded Trent, uh, Sadiq Charles wasn't he supposed to be a potential replacement? Still ain't he ain't he ain't Trent. This dude ain't he ain't but he ain't pain talent. He's solid, but he ain't pain talent. Pain is way more talented than dude. I mean, he could be a replacement. You know, it's all. I mean, I'm not saying he can't be, but we're saying that can he be better than? Is he should pain feel threatened that this dude is on his squad in terms of his talent? No, he shouldn't be threatened. Should he be threatened? Should he feel like, oh, they trying to replace me? Maybe, but he shouldn't be threatened that this dude going to outshine him. I think people – well, go ahead, go ahead, Will. No, I was just going to say, as a fan, I, you, I, I'm pretty sure your hope is that, you know, these guys turn out turn out to be uh, positive, contrib- positive contributors to the um, – the team of course. sooner rather than later. Of course. I mean, you all you want all these dudes, one, as young men to be productive and, you know, to fulfill their dreams in the, in the league or whatnot. That's a fact. 
you know, nobody out here hating on folks and want them to fail. Like, I'm not doing that. But when we look at, because our job is to assess folks, right? I mean, we're talking about, from our opinion, not to say we're pros or anything, but, or a situation or how you do something. Like, if you get, if you have value, like, if you have that guy, in, like, my whole issue with their draft was, and we said this, I said this before, like, draft the best player available. Like, that's the route, the route you got it, you should go when you're this team. Like, you should draft the best player available. You're not good enough to let certain people go, you know, go to the wayside. Because now what's going to happen is in a year or two, these fans who are like saying, who are trying to make excuses for this draft are going to say, man, we could have got him. We could have got him. You know, that's, now that's, they that's, saying, that's true. now they saying it's about need. It's about need. But eventually when it, a couple years down the road, they ain't going to be saying it's about need. That's true. But one thing you can't knock. The organization doing in the first three rounds is they drafted guys who were productive, right? And mm-hmm. big division one programs. Yeah. So I don't know if that translates over to the pros. I don't know if there's any correlation at all. But you know, if the if these guys don't pan out, you can't say that you you uh that you reached for guys who were not productive. Yeah. No, I agree. the highest level of, of um, college football. Yeah, my, my issue wasn't about – these guys are productive. I, I, I agree with you, Will T. I mean, that's one of my – when you draft kids – when you draft them players, I want – I like for players to be productive on Saturdays. I like that. That's a thing that I do like. I'm not into combine stuff. But the players they passed up were very productive, and they were, they were very, very productive. They were elite productive, the players they passed up on. Like, that's my issue. Like, if you're going to – yeah, I'm with you. You got somebody who's productive. But you 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 passed on dudes that were high on the highest level of productivity. You know what I'm saying? Like that's the issue. Like you passed up on those dudes, and that's a whole different art. That's a whole different beast. But I mean, <laughs> that's, that's all I'm saying. You passed up on those dudes. That, like all these squads. Like we can use on on terms of who passed up on Randy Moss. I'm not saying these dudes are Randy Moss, but look how many squads passed up on Randy Moss. But Minnesota got there. It's like, dude, you know, you're the best player for real. We ain't, play- we don't even really need you, bro. We had Jake Reed and, and Chris Carter. We don't even really need you. But you're the best player. We are gonna take you. The, I complained about like Atlanta <laughs> not getting Atlanta getting not getting CD Lamb, but the Cowboys was like, screw that. We get CD Lamb. They didn't need CD Lamb. They damn near didn't even need uh old boy uh what's his name right the linebacker. Oh, Michael Parsons. They ain't need Michael Parsons for real. They they need a Patrick Sertain uh son or they need a cornerback. They ain't need they need a cornerback safety more. They ain't got Micah. I'm just saying like and every team has a different every team has a different philosophy. Yeah. Every team evaluates different players differently. That's the point. Um, That's the problem. I think one, one, yeah, no, I, no, no, but, 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 but this is what I'm saying. Okay, but let me make my point. Uh, go ahead. It seems as if over <laughs> the spur, and I'm not and I'm not an apologist. But the pattern seems that they want to draft guys who were productive in college on in major D one D one programs. Uh-huh. Oh, it seems like it. Um. Okay. Like so it. I do want to chime in <laughs> oh, again. Right. I want to clarify my earlier statement. I was not comparing the skill sets. But the <laughs> I know season. the practice. Yeah, I just want to put that out there. <laughs> Just because I can see that, that that's going to go left at some point. But <laughs> what's interesting that, is how, how I look at drafts is, especially if a team or a franchise is struggling, you want a draft to energize 
your fan base. Yes. And this did exactly the opposite. Because of what Wole has already said. And then you drafted Percy Butler, who, like I told you, Wole, I text you. I said, I looked at his YouTube pick. I'm like, dang, he looks good. But he's being called, he's being called Troy Apke. Now, you talk about this. He's being called a special yeah. teamer. And that he's Troy Apke 2.0. That, that's just messed up. But if you ask me from the reaction I saw and from the guys that we interact with who also are content creators, they're like, what the heck is going on? There's a few homers out there that Washington can do no wrong. They love the new name. They love the new jerseys. They love everything. Yeah. But the real folks who actually know football are like, wait a minute, why are we getting the best guys? And why are we drafting guys earlier? I do like the Sam Howell pick because when we talked about this draft months ago, we said Sam Howell could be selected by any team yeah. around the second or third round. You yeah. got him in the fifth. So I think that's I, it's I, value. I, that's value. That awesome is value. value for that's him. value. And he could potentially be the future. I love the way he competes. I think the ACC was stronger than people give him credit for. So I like that pick, but overall, if I had to give a grade, I would say a C minus, just based on all that we talked about. And again, the goal to energize your fan base, you failed. This is your chance to turn a page after all the negative press, after the inquiries by yeah. Congress. They needed to do well in this draft. And I think Wale, you talked about it for weeks. You said they got to do. They, I, I forgot the, the, the exact thing. They need to hit a home run to draft. Maybe you said something to that uh -huh. to that effect. But I feel as that they failed miserably. Like I said, Martin Mayhew, he got a little saucy. That's what's up, though. Show some, show some nuts, and let me see what you do <laughs> when the fans get on the field. But I'm talking about preseason game number two, or whatever the serious game is now. Yeah. We're going to be in three preseason games. Not in pads. I don't want to hear the training camp story. Yep. I want to hear that crap. Um, I'm sick I'm sick of it. I, I hopefully we'll be there. Yeah, I don't want to hear that. I'm sick of that crap, for real. Hey, um, real quick on Twitter before we go to break, uh, the homie Cameron uh, tweeted, I like who we drafted, but I'm surprised we didn't draft a <laughs> linebacker. He said, surprised. Exactly. Yeah, I'm surprised that, too. Um, uh, Christian uh, dash UK HTTC said, immediate con uh, contrib contributors and, and surprised by how as late as fifth round, why did he drop so far? Like I said, like I, mean, I said on Twitter, and, I, and I'll say it here, he dropped far because it's a weak quarterback class. No one really was enamored with this quarterback class. So um, we all hyped this quarterback class more than, you know, these NFL teams did. So that's why I kind of worked that way with, with them. But um, he's, got, he's got ability. Like Ray said, I agree, he does have ability. So we'll see how it pans out. But, I, I mean, in terms of my grade, I'm with you, Ray, about a C minus D. That's where I'm at. Um... And I like the running back. I think my favorite player in the draft form is, is the running back because I think that's a real value. Um, I think that he can compete and take Gibson's, you know, Gibson's uh, job as a starting running back because he, you know, he's a real running back. Gibson had to play wide receiver for a while, and he has ball security issues and whatnot, so he's still trying to learn. This dude is, is an actual running back. Like, Robinson's an actual running back. So it's going to be some competition, and, you know, and a competition could be good for, for uh, Gibson because he's, if he drops that ball, if he drops that ball, I think Ron Rivera, Ron Rivera will be real quick to put him on a bench and, and have his new his new guys that's, as the start running back. I mean, only time to tell, man. Like I always say, three years, and then you know if you got, you know, if the draft class <laughs> tight before you can evaluate the draft class. All of this, you know, making it's just conjecture at this point. You got it. All right, well, you can take us a break now. <laughs> uh, uh, my time? Oh, damn. <laughs> All right. We'll talk the NBA playoffs after the break. It's time to see.
for ages. <laughs> Five p.m. Mountain time. We're not used to it. We're used to this, man. We're used to it. You dig deuces. <laughs> EmpireMedia.com. Listening to the urban sports scene with Wole, Ray Jeezy, and Will T. And we are part of Amplifier Media at AmplifierMedia.com. Did you right, just refer to yourself in the third person? I, I'm like The Rock, bro. You know what we do out here. <laughs> okay. All you know right. what I'm saying? Like The Rock out here, bro. Okay, oh, good, man. I think you just follow in the line. I know exactly, dude. You know, I'm, you know, I'm, you know, you know I ain't that type of person. Good. <laughs> I'm my friend. So, fellas, the, the Celtics and Bucks are currently playing. Celtics lead by double digits. Jalen Brown having a game to start. He's only missed one shot, three or three from three. Uh, Eastern Western Conference uh, semifinal round is officially underway. We know that we are impartial on this show. At least I am because. I got Monty with <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I am too, bro. He's the head coach of the Phoenix Suns, and he's from what county, Will T? Anyway, uh, PG. Boy, baby. Who, PG. Who, do you have, who do you have advancing to the conference finals, Will T? Uh, I have Miami and Milwaukee in the east. Mm-hmm. And in the west, I have Phoenix and Golden State. Okay. Hello? I am here. I hear you. You there? <laughs> That's me. My bad. Yeah, nah, I mean, I'm looking at. I'm I looking at. I'm mean, looking at. Because I, I got other tweets and stuff, and folks are hitting, 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 are uh, responding to that, to that, or to this question. Um, for me, I have, I got Boston, and then I mm-hmm. and I got, I got Miami. I, I'm going. I'm rooting for the Sixers. Cause I'm rooting for James Harden. But I got Boston, Miami, and, I, and in the West, I got Monty. I definitely got Monty. And I have who are the, who's playing that? That's uh oh I got Memphis. I think Memphis gonna I think Memphis gonna shock Golden State. All right, well I'm going I'm not gonna take a bunch of time because I'm right on board. Will T. Mm-hmm. I love Boston, but Marcus Smart being injured, Jalen Brown he's playing well to start this game. But he's also hampered, I believe, just from a health perspective. I see Milwaukee getting it done, and that Milwaukee home crowd is nothing like these Boston mm-hmm. role players have seen, like Pritchard. And Robert Williams, for sure. these, these guys, these guys, I don't see them going into Milwaukee and playing a significant role. So you got the experience factor as well. I'm rocking with Will T. Milwaukee, MIA, only because Embiid is hurt, unfortunately, and Doc Rivers' track record against the great Monty Williams. And if <laughs> they're great, Monty Williams. Versus the Golden State Warriors. The great, I mean, Monty great, though. The great Monty Williams. Listen, Monty blew up after our show. I don't care. After he appeared on the Urban Sports Day, he blew up, which is exactly why he ain't been responding lately. <laughs> Go ahead. Okay no, 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 no,
we we knew it was coming. We saw what the bubble did for those Phoenix Suns, and we see that they have evolving stars on that squad. They played so well as a team. That's my favorite for the finals. It was last season. CP3 finally gets that ring. You only have to ask me next week. So, all right. So, why, all right, real quick. Why do you think – so, so you have, y'all have Golden State beating Memphis, right? Yes, I do. All right. So, tell me why. I'm just, I'm just interested. Plus, I need to stall time. Uh, plus, I need to stall time to look for this tweet. That's why. But go ahead, though. No, no <laughs> uh, for a couple, a couple reasons. Um, we saw during the Minnesota versus Memphis uh, series that the Memphis, Memphis is a team that did, for some reason, hasn't been playing consistent during these playoffs. I yeah. don't know what the reason is. I don't know if it's because of the way that the referees have been calling the game. They, the if you see the Evan flow of their games, they're a lot. You know they're going long periods without um, getting easy buckets. In. That's one of that's one of the things that made this team successful this year. Um, getting out in transition and getting stops, um, and also funneling um, all of those penetrations or drives towards Jared Jackson Jr. And that was a guy who could, who alters a lot of shots at the rim. And also they have very good defenders closing out on the three point shot on three point shot. And also those rotations when they're closing out. Um, I think Golden State is a team that makes that extra pass, and that's going to be that. Um, that's the, that's one of the areas that's going to give Memphis a lot of difficulty um, closing out on those three point, you know, the, on those uh, open three point shots when Memphis, when uh, Golden State is rotating the ball. And then also, um, I'm I'm curious, you know, when when Golden State goes with their quote unquote death lineup. Yeah. How will Memphis? How will Memphis be able to counteract that, right? Yeah. So, that those those up. those are the reasons. Those those are the reasons for me. Um, and then also, I believe that um, Golden State they'll get better bench play than Memphis will. So those are the three reasons why I think up. Golden State's going to win. Uh, I'll say this. Go ahead, man. Jordan Poole is your leading scorer. You haven't seen the best of Steph yet. I know, right? That's scary when you haven't even seen Steph's best game yet. And this includes last series. Uh-huh. So he's he's due for a big performance. I think experience factor, as well as Golden State missing out for the past several seasons. Uh-huh. I think they're motivated. I love the up-and-coming Grizzlies. They remind me of OKC when they were young and up-and-coming. Yeah, right. And their time, no. their time is close. Now, I'm not counting them out in no shape, way, shape, or form. I'm sorry. I believe this can go seven, to be real. I feel like Memphis is that good. But I think that just like in game one, when it comes down to those last minutes, you have that experience with Golden State where they know how to win. And Memphis just isn't there yet. But Memphis might have the most exciting player in Josh. Damn right they do. Josh is a beast. I got uh, – John Poole has been – I mean, be shout out to Michigan. Yeah, shout out to Michigan. Yeah, shout out, man, for real. Killing. He had like 31, right, in game one. 31? Yes. Yeah, he'd kill him, yes, man. Like, I mean, I, I'm happy for him because he was he was Milwaukee before, right? Was Milwaukee before he came here, came to uh, Golden State? No. What's, what's, what no, he was? Jordan Poole? No, he was drafted by Golden State. Was he? Oh, okay, I thought he was in a trade. Yep. Okay. G, mm-hmm. G, he was in a G League. That's why. That's why. Okay, well, I'm happy yeah. for him because he, he's a – he'd kill him, man. I liked him he's in Michigan. From, he's, from, he's from Milwaukee, I believe. Oh, okay. I mean, he – um. He killed. He was good in Michigan, so I'm glad he's kind of got an opportunity. It was good. I mean, for him, the blessing was. I know it sounds jacked up, but the blessing was that that year that all you know they they all were hurt. He got he got more time and got an opportunity to kind of hold, I mean, help to kind of work on his game um, as a starter. It's, it's, it's always dope when a young player gets an opportunity, a lot of burn. 
Um, if he can, if Steph and, and Clay and, and folks were all healthy, he wouldn't have got that opportunity to be the, the guy he is right now. So it, it kind of teaches you, him. You bring, it teaches him to be the no, guy. You bring, up a, you bring up a great point, Wale. Um, one of the things that I think people haven't really taken into account for this Golden State Warriors team is when, you know, they had the injuries to Steph, they had the injuries to Clay, they had the injuries to Draymond, and there were a lot of young guys when the, during those, you know, those two or three seasons when they were losing, uh-huh. they had the opportunity to uh, play a lot of minutes and also get their confidence up within that system. And then, you know, having those three guys, those three veterans come back in and their personality is such that, hey, only thing we want to do is win uh-huh. and win championships. So they feel they don't feel uh, threatened by these young guys, right? They's like, hey, young guys, go get it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But when it comes towards the end of the game and, you know, as we get laid off in this playoff run, you know, you guys can can help. You guys can take us there, but we're going to close it out. And I think that's one of the things people aren't really having um, really uh, taken into account for Golden State. So on IG, about the questions, who do you think is going to go to the um, advance to the conference finals? Uh, the homie Joe Cardozo uh, 301 uh, said the Heat versus the Bucks and Suns versus Warriors. I think the Suns versus Warriors would be a dope series. Chris Paul versus Steph. They already got history. There's so much, man. So much. Yeah, that's gonna be a, that's gonna be a great. That's gonna be another one that probably goes six or seven. Yeah. I mean, it's it's the NBA playoffs have, have been pretty. They've been okay. I've been, I feel like. All right, what is your grade so far in the NBA playoffs? Cause I ain't gonna lie, I haven't really watched a lot. I watched certain matchups, but not all. Terrible, terrible. Terrible. Did you watch the draft? So no, no. I say that's terrible for you. Oh, oh, for you. oh, okay, okay. Oh, it's been some great no. games. Like the, the Minnesota Memphis series. Oh, that series. I know that, that series was dope, series. bro. That series was dope. That series was the one I made sure I tried to watch. Cause that, that was a bunch of like heated stuff. I like that. That's like retro basketball, like retro basketball. I like that. The other ones I wasn't so, really a big fan of, though. I ain't gonna lie. Um. That- to answer your question, um, I've given this. I'll give this one a B plus. You said a B plus. Yep, B plus. Okay, that's cool. That's cool. Okay, now I got. I, I got one more question before we go to break. too. one more. This. All right. So everybody gets on my man James Harden, and deservedly so. You know, it is what it is. They get on my man Ben Simmons too, and deservedly so. But this whole. All right. So when do we start talking about Embiid not being available when this team needs them? What I mean by that because of injury, because it, this seems like it happens every year. It's not his fault this year. That was that was on the coach. Okay, that was coaching. He, should, he, shouldn't, have been, he shouldn't have been on the floor at that at that point. They had that. Uh, I don't necessarily agree with that um, because if you know if you follow Toronto throughout the season, I know he was injured with like what five minutes left in the game, and they were up. Um, I forgot the amount that I know they were up double digits, a uh-huh. relatively large lead. But Toronto is one of those teams that doesn't give up and. You know they have a ner- they have a coach in Nick Nurse, and they have a a, a culture within their organization. You know, never get you know the kind of never give up, and they um you know that's easily a team that could have came back and made that game really interesting. So I understand why Doc kept him in, but you know, all in all, it's just a freak accident. Those things happen. Yeah, both teams play hard, man. It's okay. And B, you know what I'm saying? Now and B may not, you know, he may be the MVP without a championship. It sucks, man. It sucks. He flops a lot too, anyway. He kind of annoys me for an African. I mean, uh, I don't think he won't win. I don't think he's gonna win the MVP. I, he deserves the MVP, but I don't think he's gonna win. Who's gonna win MVP? 
Jokic doing one over. Nah, it's gonna be it's gonna be in B. He winning that. I I I think they're not they're not giving him back to back. I like Joker. I like the Joker, but they ain't giving it back to back. All right, it's, it's the, the media since the media has to the media has you know such a large say in it, and oh, yeah. we know how people in the media um, tend to sway towards advanced analytics. Mm. He'll probably win it. It's only hard, man. It's only you won't, but it's all good. So anyway, it's time for boxing talk. <laughs> Question. What's next for Shakur Stevenson and Tyson Fury? We'll discuss this after the break. You listen to the Urban Sports Saying. For ages. Yeah, did. Deuces on Empire Media. It's EmpireMedia.com. Come on, man. And with the local DBC news, Ellen Cool J with a triumphant comeback. More But tonight. Don't call it a comeback. Listening to the Urban Sports Scene with Will T, Ray Jeezy, and myself, Wole. And we are part of Empire Media at EmpireMedia.com. All right, Saturday, WBO Junior Lightweight Champion Shakur Stevenson took the WBC Championship away from Oscar Valdez. What were your thoughts on the fight and what's next for Shakur Stevenson, Ray Jeezy? Well, shout out, as always. I'm showing our age, fellas. I've done this before, but I got to give a shout out to the late, great HBO Boxing. Shout out to Larry Merchant, Jim Lampley, the great, the late, great Emmanuel Stewart, Harold Letterman, those guys, because, excuse me, I'm getting choked up a little bit thinking about it. <laughs> um, not really, but. I know you're not. Something's wrong, wrong my throat. But anyway, of course, we love 24-7 on um, HBO. And, <clears throat> sorry. Yeah, you good? Real T, go ahead. I I, I got to get my third <laughs> Will T take take this? <clears throat> no, nah, it's all good. It's all good. I'll step that's in. What team, that's what team. That's what um, a team does, it, bro. That's what I'm talking about. It Go was ahead. one of those. It was one of those nights that boxing needed, right? Because mm-hmm. you think about it. Um, you have a, a this weekend is Cinco de Mayo weekend, weekend, so that's kind of boxing weekend, and we know that Canelo's going to fight this weekend, right? Mm-hmm. Then you had Shakur Steve, Shakur Stevenson on ESPN um, with a fight that was readily available for the for the public to watch where they didn't have to pay 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 per view fees to watch it. And then also on that top of that, you had a really good card, right? You had Nico uh, Walsh Walsh Ali with a devastating knockout. Um you had Keyshawn um Davis um uh, with a dominant performance as the co headline. And then you had Shakur Steven versus Oscar Valdez, a fight that a lot of people predicted would be highly competitive. But Shakur Stevens, this is one of those performances where um, a guy came in, you know, he was a challenger, um, and he put on a dominant performance, such a dominant performance, and he's so young that this is a performance that will likely, and all, you know, take him to the next level as being one of those um, fighters who people 
tune in to watch readily, right? Um, so this was a dominant performance by him. Um, Oscar Valdez was just outclassed. Um, it just wasn't his night against Shakur Stevenson. Shakur Stevenson is one of those guys <clears throat> we saw uh, a kind of a, a culmination of a superstar in the making. What I like to attribute it to is um, with Floyd Mayweather fought Arturo Gotti. Right? That was one of those fights that um, people thought that it would be um, competitive, right? Yeah. But we, the world saw the coming out party of a dominant uh, younger boy. or young, boy. A, a young, um, yeah, a dominant young um, fighter on a major platform where that a lot of people were able to see. So happy for Shakur Stevenson. I don't necessarily know what's next for him because, you know, he's in that top rank. Uh, you know, top rank. Uh, no, I'm just being honest. Be I, don't know. I know, I know you well, are. Yeah, you know, you know, top rank PBC. These guys typically don't like to do business with each other. They like uh, to keep the money all in house. But I don't know what's next with Shakur Stevenson. But I know that the world will be watching, especially if they put it on ESPN again. And there's a good lead-in to that card from a program perspective. All right, sorry for the interruption earlier, fellas. I'm back. And I was giving a shout-out to HBO because, again, 24-7 was such a dope show. Now you got Showtime has All Access, and ESPN has what's called Blood, Sweat, and Tears. All are very similar, but nothing's like the original. However, what struck me as interesting was when Oscar Valdez appeared on Blood, Sweat, and Tears, and he was watching film of Shakur Stevenson, he knew he wasn't the better boxer based on what he was saying. He said, but if he lets his guard down, I catch him. It's a wrap. Will T made the perfect analogy. I was going to say this, and I'm glad that you already mentioned it in that comparison to Arturo Gotti and Mayweather because that's what a lot of us thought back then is if Arturo Gotti catches him, yeah, he could probably hurt Mayweather, but he couldn't catch him. Uh -huh. And in this case, Valdez just simply could not catch Shakur Stevenson. Oscar Valdez, I'm glad he took the fight. I'm glad that it was, like, I, like Will T said too, was readily available. And I think what's next for Shakur Stevenson is because of, of the politics and boxing, he's probably going to take whoever the next mandatory is and or if Loma is willing to, to meet him at a catch weight or if Shakur is willing to move up per se, I think the Loma Shakur fight could happen. That's a top rank fight. That's something that the fans have, have been asking for. They want Loma in a, in a big fight. Loma of course is going to go for Cambosis, but because of what's going on in his country, yeah. he opted of course not to. So that could be a potential fight, but Jay, Jay Prince is probably not going to pull the trigger on a, a young Shakur season fighting somebody as dangerous as Loma at this stage of his career. Although Shakur is skilled enough to where I think he's ready for anybody. Yeah. I, I would love to see him fight Tank and many others. Haney was mentioned in the, in that, the post fight interview. Yeah. And him and Haney have similar styles, both excellent boxers. So that would be a, a dope matchup. Both of them agreeable. Haney's a promotional free agent that could work as well, depending on the weight. You know what? It, it's, it's, you know, Shakira Stevens is a beast. You know, Ray and Will, you know, I've said that. I think he's the truth. But the power is starting to concern me. Like, I feel like, you think he think his power matches up? His skill is there. Like, his skill is elite. Like, I, I think his skill is elite. But the power, like, not to be able to finish a dude. Do you think that would be well, a problem for him down the road? Because I, 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 I do. No, I, 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 I don't think it would be a problem for him down the road. I think he's so young and he's still growing into his body. Mm -hmm. Right? It, this isn't a guy who's even 25 yet, uh -huh. right? Um, and that's typically the time when we start to see uh, boxers 
well, you know, guys who aren't naturally, um, or yeah. I'm not going to say naturally, but guys who aren't big punchers, that's when they start to accumulate the knockouts when they get to, towards that point in their career. Yeah. So I, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't take be too concerned about it. I okay. wouldn't be because I'm not concerned about it at all at this point. Yeah, because I think... Because he's going to continue to grow into his body. Yeah, I, I, I know you're saying he'll get stronger, but it's, it's either... Some folks just have the power and they don't, right? Like, you could do whatever to try to... You could try to get... You know, you're going to get stronger, and it's going to be... You'll have some power added to, the, added to it. But in terms... I'm like, Ray mentioned Lomachenko. If Lomachenko's not scared of you in terms of say mm, your power like he won't he, there's some things that he won't be able to get away with you know what i mean it's just that's like when you go up in, in skill if you don't have the power to put somebody down certain folks aren't going to be they'll be they'll be willing to kind of be there with you you know what i'm saying because even we talk about floyd you talk about, like floyd had some power like we forget how pretty boy had power like you say what you want to like he was skilled pretty boy had power um i just think that, that to me this is a little this is like, this dude is so skilled, though. I'm with y'all. He's so skilled, but the power, able to, because he beat the crap out of uh, Val, uh, Valdez. He beat the crap all out right, of him. Like, right. he, I thought he was going to end him. Like, he rela- he did whatever he wanted to to do. Like, whatever. He, you know what I mean? And the only thing he could, you know, the only thing that needed to do was to finish him out. And he just didn't. And that kind of, I was like, you know what? I'm like, I mean, he can't get a knockdown. Though I thought that was more of a trip, for real. Like. It wasn't like a real, real knockdown to me, but he got a knockdown, which was still – it showed his skill because, he, you know, uh, Valdez was going wild, and he kind of sidestepped and, and caught him. Um, so that's the only thing that would concern me about him. It's just that the power. It's power when you're going against certain competition, not when you're fighting people like Valdez. It's when you're going up in competition. That would, that would, that would, that's what would concern me about him. Well, look. Like I said, I don't think it's too much of a concern. Right. But when if you if you saw throughout the fight, he was able to keep Valdez at bay, Facts. right? Like Valdez tried to come, you know, he tried to uh, work his way in. Mm-hmm. Um, most of the time, not behind a jab or you know or, or a check hook, he just tried to come walk his way straight in. Yeah. And you saw that um, Shakur Stevens was able. You know, towards the end of the fight, it's not, you know, that that practice or that mentality of that's how you would attack Shakur Stevenson. Mm-hmm. Um, it started to, you know, Valdez started to wane off of it because, you know, Shakur Stevenson was accurately hitting him with jabs. Um, he was accurately hitting him, tag, touching him to the body. So, like I said, it, you know, you don't have to have a, a, a killer, um, devastating one punch um knockout, you know, knockout power, uh-huh. as long as you're able to keep your opponent at bay and you're able to control the distance, you're able to touch him to the body, you know, um, it'll, you know, things will, you know, will, will, play them, will play themselves out. Yeah, somebody open the door. What's up, man? What's going on? What's happening? Nah, <laughs> All right. You're listening to the urban sports scene. Oh, nah, my, my, right. my bad. You, that's what you're doing. You're right. What you yeah. doing? You're listening to the Urban Sports scene, part of Empire Media. That's EmpireMedia.com. All right, a couple weeks ago, Tyson Ferry retained his heavyweight title with a TKO victory over Dylan White. After the fight, he said he's never coming back. Do you believe me, Ray? No. <laughs> because no. Francis Nagano, of course, was, was there and 
Tyson Fury talked about a crossover about with MMA and fighting him if the money's right. And then we're also going to be monitoring what's going to happen with Usyk Joshua too. If yeah. Anthony Joshua wins this next fight against Usyk, I think you'll see a part three of that, and that will keep Tyson Fury at home. But I think if Usyk comes out and he dominates again like he did in that first fight with Joshua, I think that Fury will will come back to fight Usyk just to settle any debate that he's not the best heavyweight of this era because right now Usyk looks like somebody who could challenge him. I don't care if he's undersized or not. Usyk hand speed, his ring IQ, I think that would be a perfect fight against Tyson Fury, although I don't think he could beat Tyson Fury, to be honest. But I know Wole does. Yeah, I do. I, I, I don't care. Like if, if, I, I don't know. And that, that's, that's good. That is good because Usyk is talented enough to do it. And Usyk proved everybody wrong when he beat up Joshua the first yeah. fight. So if Usyk comes out and dominates, the media is going to start talking. And I think Tyson Fury will come out to silence any type of doubter that thinks that Usyk is in his, is in his class. I feel as though the only person that could rock with Tyson Fury is somebody like Lennox Lewis. Of course, that wouldn't, that wouldn't be possible. But Tyson Fury, of course, is the best heavyweight of, of, of this era. I'm not going to say of our lifetime because, again, there's several guys that yeah, we can think of that possibly there. can make the argument. But Usyk, Usyk is, is he's a scary dude because, like I said, the, the ring IQ, the hand speed, he has all the intangibles. Like I said, he's just a little undersized, but that didn't matter against Joshua. I think right now Fury is just like, I don't have no competition, which that yeah. looks to be the case. Although Wilder gave him a run for his money. But Dylan White, come on, we already knew what was going to happen. That was just as much of a guarantee. Bruh, exactly. Stevenson beat I'm not, exactly. I'm not, going, I'm not going to get into the whole Dylan White thing. Like that, was, like that fight was even meant to be anything. Like that fight was meant to be what it was. You know what I mean? Right. Like they did, a, they did their job to promote it, to make it seem like maybe he, he could do something to Tyson Fury. Um, but no. Dylan White is no no knock on Dylan White, but it is what it is. You're not and that you're not in that tier of heavyweight. Um, you got your you got he was, he was the mandatory right. He was a mandatory right. Yes, he was a the mandatory. mandatory. He was a mandatory opponent, so he got what he got. Um, I think Usyk, you know, you know, obviously he's like just like uh, Lomachenko. Usyk is um, you know, back in in the Ukraine for his people. Um, so. That fight could be delayed, and then you got jo- and then he, I think he'll he'll be back in time, right? For Joshua, will he be back in time? Yeah, he is. Okay, He's okay. For that so, fight. so I mean, him being ready for Joshua, I think Joshua. That's a fight that that Usyk is the favorite. I even said it before. You know, I'm a, I'm a Joshua supporter. Joshua dude, but I even said that Usyk is a problem. Like that's the dude that I think could beat Joshua. Um, and he because he's so skilled. We talk about Shakur Stevenson mm-hmm. being. Like we just we talking about we're not worried about power with this that I'm not really because he's so skilled I'm not the same thing applies with Usyk he can beat you up you know what I mean like he can beat you up he can because there's a lot of heavyweights which is different in in lighter weights like you know junior lightweight or welterweight um, if you're super if you're you know you're gonna see a lot of individuals with, with a lot of skill but in heavyweight you don't really see but so many people with the skill of a of a Usyk now Tyson Fury is skilled not to say he's not but Usyk is extremely skilled as well uh, footwork. We saw what he did with Anthony Joshua. Uh, we saw how his footwork gave Joshua fits, um, combinations. Um, the dude is, is a talented dude. And, he, and like I said before, uh, we forget that for a while he was on the pound-for-pound pound list as, as one of the best boxers in the game. Um, but, you know, a lot of people kind of emerged and kind of surpassed him supposedly. But he's still the same dude, same talent. Um, so he's a guy I think that could definitely fight. I think it's a guy that would entice Fury to to fight him, I'm like leaning on. I'm leaning like Ray. I know you're talking about Anthony Joshua. I'm like almost kind of forgetting about Anthony Joshua because I don't think that 
right now he's in a mindset to fight a, 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 a to beat a to be a um to beat a Usyk. So it is what it is. But I, I think, think you guys are bugging. I'm t- what? All right. What you, all right, go ahead, go I ahead. Think y'all bugging. No, ahead, no, look, for this reason, Alex, Alexander, Alexander Usyk is at least six or seven inches shorter than Tyson Fury. He's probably seventy pounds. Maybe he's probably on a minimum seventy pounds lighter than uh, Tyson Fury. Yes, uh, Usyk. You know his, his his skill, his acumen in the ring would make it fun, would make it entertaining, and he may even come out ahead on points for maybe one or two rounds. But ultimately, in the end, Tyson Fury is too big. He'll put his weight on him. He'll use his jab to keep him at bay. And Usyk won't... Usyk, and and also, out, yeah. um, Tyson Fury isn't one of those guys who fights down to the height of his opponent. Yeah. He's a guy who fights off of his back leg. And uses his shoulder roll, so right. Alexander Usyk won't get the opportunity to connect to his chin. All right, well, but wouldn't you say this though? I mean, because we're comparing it. My issue, like, this is my thing. Like, so when we talk about what Tyson Fury can do, look at the opponents that he's done it to, though. Like, they're limited, right? So it's easier to do it to those type of people. Am I correct by saying that? Like, like Deontay Wilder. That's a it's it's a fair. Oh, no, well, so here's the thing. Um. It's fair to say that. Yes, it, it, it's fair to yeah. partially say that. Yeah. Yes, that that's fair. Mm-hmm. But what you're you aren't taking into consideration is Tyson Fury is extremely skilled. I agree. I, I think he is too. Especially I think for someone skilled. who's six foot nine, mm-hmm. his footwork is impeccable. Mm-hmm. For some for for a guy that that size in the ring at six foot nine and that weight. His footwork is impeccable. It is. I agree with you, Realty. I agree. I'm not. I'm not. I think his footwork is amazing. I do. I'm. I'm I, with you. I, I, I said it, and I'll say this. Ain't no mom. I'm not Entertaining. <laughs> no, no, definitely not. That's what they be trying. <laughs> Go ahead. The most competitive slash entertaining fight left for um, Tyson Fury is Anthony Joshua. And the only reason I say that. No, it's not even for. Is Anthony Josh physically? Yeah. Okay. Anthony Joshua, six foot six. And Anthony Joshua's power, mm-hmm. right? And his power, I don't believe, is as devastating as Deontay. No one shot power nah, isn't as devastating as Deontay Wilder. But the accumulation of those punches over twelve rounds—if a fight were to go twelve rounds with him and Tyson Fury—it would be interesting and it'd be highly. It would be com- not highly, but it would be competitive. Yeah, the only issue is that Anthony Joshua's, I mean, uh, Deontay Wilder's chin is way tougher than Anthony Joshua's. That I can, that, that yes. I will admit. Yeah. Easily. Yeah. Easily. Uh, George tweeted, he said, fighting Fury is like unpicking a lock. Usyk might be the only guy skilled enough to do that. Again, I think he has the skill to do it, but yeah, physically, is he up for the job? I don't think so. We'll see, man. Only time will tell, man. But I'm, I'm, I'm like... Yep. I'm like, you know, it is what it is. All right, fellas. Good discussion. As part of our HBCU corner segment, we'll play our interview with former Miles College running back Kingston Davis. After the break, shout out to, to Kingston Davis as he's still trying to earn a spot just at an NFL training camp. Good luck to him, and I hope you guys enjoy the interview. But you hear that after the break, you listen to Urban Sports Day. Ages. You dig. 
Deuces on Empire Media. It's empiremedia.com. Myself, Wole, and we are part of Empire Media, and that's at empiremedia.com. <laughs> anyway, it's time for HBCU Corner. This segment spotlights coaches and players within HBCU athletics. Here's an interview with former Miles College running back Kingston Davis. We conducted this interview before the draft. Welcome back to HBCU Corner. Right now we have Miles College running back Kingston Davis on the show. Kingston Davis finished the 2021 season rushing for 721 yards. He had six touchdowns, doing a darn thing. What's up, Kingston Davis, and welcome to the Urban Sports Scene, part of HBCU Corner. How you doing? Thank you for having me. Pleasure having you, my man. So... Brother, like I told you before we came on, we're gonna we're gonna start out having a little fun. And I know you from Bam. I already know how y'all feel about football <laughs> and your state, but you've been to you've been around, you'd have been to several schools for different reasons, man, and we're gonna have to get into it. But tell us who has the best parties. Is it the HBCUs? Is is it the bigger schools? How did you get down and talk about the homecoming miles too? Um well, I, I guess it, it really just depends on, on, on what you're looking for for as far as like. <laughs> you what know, you mean? I feel like, you know, at Power Five level, you know, you have frat parties and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You, know, be, you know, pretty big and and crazy sometimes. Uh, <laughs> I feel like, <laughs> you know, you'll have, you know, they're, they're, not, they're not as big as, as a Power Five. So, you know, you'll have, you know, your parties are. And uh, for the most part, I mean, when I got to my HBCUs, you know, I really didn't party that much. But mm-hmm. it, you know, it was still, it was still fun. You know, you're mm-hmm. surrounded small, smaller community, so you know what I mean. It's pretty fun, regardless. You know, but I do think that Power Five probably had has the 
has them on that as far as you know party wise it can get low wow i'm surprised i'm I'm surprised about it okay (laughs) (laughs) ah i'm trying to think i'm going back to my days when i used to you know we used, used to the uh, party at University of Maryland. Ricard's Park, I know. <laughs> and I didn't see a big difference. So, hey, may, maybe you you being on the football team made a difference. That is that what it is? <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm, probably so. Because I'm trying to think. College Park, so their homecoming. Nah, I think Mer- Eastern Shore's homecoming was just as. Yeah, well, well, not just homecoming, just parties in general. Man. Yeah, parties in general. That's a, we are, that's a whole different thing, bro. We're on a whole different level right now. <laughs> I, 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 I respect it. You don't have to get into particulars. I, I can get some visuals. You know what? You know, you went to uh, like you start. You you had a tour in Michigan. I'm a Michigan fan. You know what I'm saying? I just, I just want to notice. I've always wanted to go here. Go there. Just the the feel. Like how's the big house, man? Like how is the big house? Oh, it's crazy. I mean, <laughs> you know, the biggest stadium in college football. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, you get in there, and it's just like, and we actually, you know, we used to run the steps up there and everything. Mm-hmm. Like that. You know, as you go up, I mean, it gets even steeper. Mm-hmm. And, Man, I mean that's a crazy environment when that when that place is is packed out. Light gets real loud. Mm. Yeah, it was always a dream of mine. So on AB, so on <laughs> Channel Seven, I was Buc- a kid that I could bucket list. The bro was like, I wanted to be like Desmond Howard, dude. It was just like you know, I'm I'm aging myself. It is what it is, but that's who I wanted to be like initially when I started watching college football. Hey, Desmond Howard, he's on TV. You know who Desmond Howard is? He's still, he's still relevant. <laughs> I know that's right. Hey, so. For you, like, who is your favorite football player? Man, um, I got a lot of them. Mm. Man, I don't think I can really, like, single out, okay, this is, like, yeah. you know, guy. Uh, I watch a lot of guys, you know. I like to to watch and take things that, you know, different people do well and try to, you know, emulate it to my game in a way. But I, I like watching Ezekiel Elliott. Um you know, his patience and, and his burst and everything like that, his vision. Um, I watched a lot of Le'Veon Bell as well. Ooh, okay. Um, as far as, like, real patience, being mm-hmm. patient like that, I try to, you know, mimic those things. I think he was really successful at that, letting the blocks, you know, set up and stuff like that instead of just hitting the hole, you know. But uh, I love watching Derrick Henry, you know, mm. same, you know, running style but i mean he's a freaking nature you know what i mean and and he runs the football well i like watching him uh saquon barkley uh-huh. um i mean he a dog saquon dog yeah. man i just mad yeah. the injury he a dog though bro yeah. <laughs> he <is>. <laughs> <laughs> but i mean i like i like watching uh jonathan taylor too do his thing i share he yeah he's special as well so. so I wanted to ask you because I got I mentioned briefly the culture around football in Alabama and, and the state is, is crazy. And I just wanted to hear you describe how it was growing up in Alabama and also playing high school football, just how amazing that experience was. And, and of course, moving on into college, just describe your overall experience. And I mean, that's all we got, you know, in, in <laughs> football, you know, Alabama football. Uh, I mean, I played other sports, you know, mm-hmm. in high school and stuff like that, but nothing, nothing like, you know, Friday night lights, you know, it's like it, everybody's coming to the football game, you know what I mean? It's, it's Fridays, you know, you got the high school games, Saturdays, you either going, you know, Roll Tide or War Eagle, you know, mm-hmm. it's tradition. 
And then Sundays, you know, you watching NFL football. But that's all we got, you know. So, <laughs> I mean, just playing in that atmosphere, you know, that's it's crazy. I've, I mean, I've been to some high school games in different different states and stuff like that, but nothing, nothing like how Alabama is, where uh, you got out there for warm ups, you know, things like that. Uh, that doesn't really happen often, but in Alabama, you know, that's that's what we do. We we live, eat, sleep, and drink football. The Varsity Blues is real. Oh, two a days, I should say. You remember that show? <laughs> oh, it was, uh, Hoover. Yeah, was that a good depiction of what high school football was like, or was that a, a watered down version for TV? I never really like. That's what it. I never really like. Uh, I watched a little bit, you know, where I can find on YouTube, but mm. I never could find the actual show. You know, mm. I was away. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah. Hey, I'm Asian myself. <laughs> you are Asian yourself. <laughs> <laughs> so, Kingston, I have a question. Going back to like you mentioned a bunch of great running backs, but who would you say you model your game directly, like to a point, like in terms of running backs, who is your game like? Um, I would probably say it, it leans more toward like Le'Veon Bell with, with, with his pace, with okay. his start. Because mm-hmm. um, I find that so important um, in this game, but be patient, you know, as mm-hmm. a running that the way that he approached it, the way he approached his game and and the line of scrimmage when he get the ball, you know, he's he's letting everything develop. You know, he's figuring out, you know, what holes is. I feel like as a running back, you you'll be able to find holes. I mean that's this yeah. is part that's just like second nature. But um you can't be too fast to them. Uh, you know, how everything develop, let your linemen get on the on the backers and you pick and choose where you want to go. He was a master at that, you know. Uh, I often find, you know, even during the season, you know, just doing those little things, being more patient, will actually get you more yards than just hitting it full speed. Mm. I agree. So, I do agree. I think that's a that's a that's a it's a real missing in terms of certain the top running backs. Um, when the top running backs have it, like they have patience, even the ones, you know, obviously the explosive ones, they still patience within, within that, right. Uh, to break the real, the, the long ones, cause their patience, they can, you know, stay slow it down. And then all of a sudden, once they hit the hole, they hit the hole. Derek Henry is just a prime example. You mentioned Derek Henry as well. He's a prime example. Like he'll wait for it. But once he sees it, it's a wrap. Yeah. You know, so, so no, I totally agree. Um, so workhorses too. Yeah, it all workhorses, true facts. So, um, you know, obviously, like we mentioned, you've been everywhere. But in terms of HBCUs, like how what it what has your experience at an HBCU meant to you or taught you? Oh man, um, well, let's go with for one going to HBCU and I actually have a degree. I graduated with a degree in history. Mm-hmm. So uh, awesome, brother! Awesome. Going to HBCU and, and taking history classes and stuff like that, you learn a lot uh-huh. about, you know, the country and everything like that. And I'm a guy that likes to learn, you know what I mean? So that was very interesting learning about, you know, how our country became, of, you know, American, how we how we got here and everything like uh-huh. that. Just different things in our past. And uh, it's just like the culture of HBCU as well. You know, like I said, of course, it's a smaller a smaller school, you know, HBCU that I went to and everything. 
everybody knew everybody and stuff like that, you know, but you felt like family, you know what I mean? So it wasn't like a big lecture hall, you know, you go in and you got hundreds of other students here and, you know, you only get the lesson and leave, you know, you, you got to build relationships with people, you know, uh, around the community and around the school and stuff like that. And for the most part, you know, HBCUs and in the culture of our people, you know, it was, it was great, you know, talking to people and, and building relationships of that sort. All right. So again, you, you've been well-traveled, you've had experiences with the bigger school. And of course, like you talked about at HBCU, what would your advice be to a high school football player as to what decision they should make, especially if they want to go and learn more about their culture and continue to pursue their athletic dreams or their, you know, professional sports dreams. Would you advise them to go to a power five or would you, you know, say it's cool to go to HBCU because if you got talent, they're going to find you no matter where you go. What would your, uh, um, your overall just thoughts and advice be for a young person trying to make that decision? That's tough. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, say, friends. I mean, I think for the most part, um, the, the big difference is you have to ask the child, you know, you know, what do you really, what do you care about? You know, what do you care about the most? So, like, if you go HBC, you're going to give up some things. If you go Power Five, you can give up some things. Power Five, you know, they have more resources, obviously, you know, uh, more money, of course, and and they can do more things. Um, HBCU, you know, the budget's different. You know, you won't get all the luxuries and, and stuff like that that you get at Power Five. But if you, you want to be around your people and you want to, you know, learn the culture and and um, things of that nature, you know, if this is the route you want to go or, you know, you want to go to a, a Power Five, you get more resources, you know, it's not going to be um, – as, as close of a family like it is in, in, in HBCU, you know, you're mm -hmm. going to be, you know, small fish in a big pond. Um, so it's, it's basically, you know, where do you want to, where do you want to lean towards? But at the end of the day, uh, if you're talented, like they'll find you anywhere. Mm -hmm. So it it, is. that's not really an issue. You know, if you're looking like, Oh, you know, do I want to go power five and, and of course, you'll be on TV and stuff. And even now, HBCUs are starting to be they're starting to get aired more and everything like that. Shout out to Dion. And, mm -hmm. But um, I mean, they'll find you regardless if you can play ball. You know, HBCU. You know, D one, D two, D three. They'll find you. And has that and also has that been important to you in terms of like you mentioned HBCU having that family aspect to it? Has that been important to you having that family aspect at HB at at, at Miles College? Um, it is important, you know. Building mm -hmm. relationships with people is always important, and uh, I've I've been blessed to, and been around some good people, you know, at Miles as a coaching staff to, you know, even lunch ladies. You know, I mean, they were they were, they were welcoming, they were nice, you know, and I'm appreciative of that. All right. So as you're preparing for, you know, your next step, I just want to know how. You know, your pops has influenced you. Military, I'm sure you're disciplined. I can see you got keto stuff in the background. So <laughs> I, I know you up on time. I know you don't play. I know, yeah. I know you, you I know you keep everything clean. <laughs> Love it. So how, how was growing up, you know, with that influence? How has that, you know, been a blessing for your, your journey and making your, your decisions for, you know, your next step? Man, I can't. 
I can't express enough. Really, my whole family, you know, my mom, my dad, my sister, you know, they've all made sacrifices for me to be at this point. And, uh, I mean, they've all been pouring into me since I was a little boy. You know, um, the military, of course, you know, my dad, is, you know, he's he's giving me structure and giving me order and everything like that. But, you know, that when I'm older, you know, it's like one of those instances where, you know, you're young, your dad's trying to get you to do these things and tell you these things. And you're like, you know, why, you know, or uh -huh. stuff like that. And as you get older, you start to you start to mature and you start to look at things. And, you know, I can see the things that my dad used to do at a younger age. And uh, it's molded me into the person that I am today. And I can't thank him enough, you know, for the things that he's done. Even my mom, you know what I mean? My mom and my sister, they, they've been, they molded me since a little boy um, to become this person I am today. So, I mean, I'm sure the military definitely helped. It, <laughs> it, it changed my life. Military, I guess they changed people. You know, of course, you got to be ordered and strict and stuff like that. But, but, uh, yeah, like I said, I can't I can't thank them enough for for what they've done for me and, and the sacrifices they made and to, to build me up into the person I am today. Where it sounds like Nigerian parents were like structured and strict. <laughs> yeah, you you Just fought saying. that structure. See, my man, my I man, fought it. Oh, I looked like he fought it. He looked like he rolled with it. I, mean, I know. <laughs> both y'all eat healthy these days, so it's some similarities. So that, that's what's up, but. Brother, I appreciate that insight on everything, HBCUs and, and you recognizing that is is sometimes certain situations will work differently for different mm. people. But regardless, um, we've gotten similar answers whenever we ask that questions about how just HBCUs are growing, man. That's what really this is all about for us because yeah. we're graduates of HBCUs. So the fact that you even gave that an opportunity and you were able to graduate, man, is just amazing. It's so dope. It's dope. I appreciate I, it. And you know, yeah. I'm rooting for you, brother. Definitely. I do have one last question before we let you go um you you took part in the hbcu combine like how was that experience man that's like to me that's a dope experience how was that experience uh it was great you know okay. being a part of the first one you know what i mean that's that's in the history books and like you said hbcu like it, it's growing mm -hmm. you know I, um i can already see it you can already see you know subtle changes changes um that wasn't there you know years ago um the experience was 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 phenomenal. I mean, just to be out there and, and doing our thing, you know, in front of NFL uh, scouts and everything, like that's a blessing in itself. Um, just to be a part of it, the first one uh, representing HB, HBCU schools. I mean, it's all glory to God, really. I just I'm thankful all the time. to be out there. All the time, all the time. Well, well, Kingston, we appreciate you being on, my man. Before we let you go, is there anything you would like to add? Uh, what schools did you guys go to? I actually want to ask that. Oh, okay, good. Okay, my oh, man. Sweet. Okay, yeah, sweet. question for us. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we went to the University of Maryland Eastern Shore. We didn't have a football team though; it was all basketball. <laughs> I, I don't know how well traveled you are though. But so, so have you been to Maryland or DC before? Because that's where we live close. Yeah. Nah, I've never been out that way. Mm. I want to make it uh, around, get around more. But okay. I, <laughs> Oh, see, yeah. that's what I'm saying. We got to bring you to a real HBCU homecoming. Not no disrespect to Miles, but. Exactly. No disrespect to Miles. I know, right? I know. We got, we got like Howard. You know, we got we got our school. Yeah. We, we, we got Dale State, which is not far. Which is Delaware State, which is not yeah. far from us. Um, Of course, we got Lincoln. We got a lot of schools in this area. A&T. We got some schools like. 
around this area. Hampton. Right Hampton. below the Mason Dixon, where where Maryland is, is so many schools. Virginia has a lot of schools. They got Virginia Union. So yeah, we we got to get you over this side. We might change your 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 opinion on some things. We more than football here, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Know the culture down south too, nice. Yeah, I mean there's some. Yeah, I've heard. I've heard some. Alabama State. Yeah, I've heard Alabama State. They in college homecoming. I mean, you got FAMU. You been to FAMU homecoming? I heard about FAMU. I know. You know they be jumping. (laughs) I heard. No, I know. Believe me, I know. We 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 know they jump. We know they jump. I'm not. I'm. This is. We're not. HBCU HBCU love. We're not knocking no FAMU homecoming. (laughs) (laughs) We'll not do that here. Um. But I'm just saying, like, you know, like what Ray's talking about, we have, like, Howard, come on, like, Howard is supposedly, you know, Diddy used to hold homecoming to Howard. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, see, he used to, he used to shut oh, yeah. down the whole street. Uh, Taraji, Taraji <laughs> Diddy, um, uh, Black Panther, you know, before he passed, they they all Howard alum. so, I mean. Well, Diddy's well, not really, Diddy's like, an alum. I was about to say, because Diddy's not really an but, alum. Hey, he, he made it without getting a degree, but. Yeah, you know, exactly. But, but, yeah, you know, but, yeah, man. Prioritize, like I said, I can see, I can see the discipline already. So yeah. I know it's gonna be hard. We have to break you out of it just for a little while. Fun <laughs> you come this way. But, hey, I'm, I'm following you on Twitter now. So. Me too, man. So me too. Right, hit me, hit me up anytime. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right, man. You take it easy, man. You stay blessed. Yes, sir. You too. Again, that was former Miles College running back Kingston Davis. Man, he's still on his journey, man. So. We all, we all, we rooting for him over here at the Urban Boys scene. Uh, you can also find the video to the to this video uh, to this interview on our Urban Sports Scene YouTube channel. So go ahead to our Urban Sports Scene YouTube channel. You'll see the video with Ray, myself, and uh, Kingston. Hey, subscribe to our podcast on Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and Google Podcasts. Just search the Urban Sports Scene. Also follow us on Twitter at Urban Sports Scene. IG at Urban Sports Scene and like our Urban Sports Scene Facebook page. Again, make sure you subscribe to our Urban Sports Scene YouTube channel as well. Check out the home of the Urban Sports Scene, Amphire Media at amphiremedia.com. And this show can be found on Podcast DC. Download the Podcast DC app to hear all of the Amphire shows as well as other great content. Hey, thank you all for tuning in. I'm about to say, yeah, I know I'm about to say, you've been listening to the Urban Sports Scene for ages. Yeti deuces. A mega. Lead us out, big homie. Peace.